the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So we touched on the Glenwood Community Center shooting in the last segment and the fact that it appears that the horrific outcome that led to the death of a 24-year-old single mom could have likely been much worse had not a good guy with a gun fired and shot the alleged murderer, Avante Solomon, forcing him to leave the scene with his gun, which he had randomly fired into the crowd because his girlfriend was in a hair-pulling scrap with another girl. This, of course, is one of the reasons why Columbus Police has prioritized a presence at city parks. They are trying to engage with people, trying to just be a physical presence. You know, when you're seen, see a cop car, you see a cop, hopefully, you know, the arguments don't break out as often, they don't escalate as often, and people don't end up shot or dead. So they are um, interacting with people. They're waiting on some cameras that they're going to install in city parks. Those are supposed to be here July the 1st. They report that they have had 11,000 positive contacts with the public over the last month, and they have made four felony arrests. Mm, That's good. You don't want people who are wanted for felonies in city parks, and three misdemeanor arrests. So that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, What is not wonderful is that with record murder totals in our city in 2020 and 2021, I had to view this morning uh, a video of what Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther and no doubt City Council President Shannon Harden have prioritized. Not not targeting gangs for their impact on the murder rate in the city of Columbus via human trafficking, drugs, crime, carjacking, all those other things. No, 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 no. We're not concerned with that. We're not making that a priority. This, this is what we're making a priority. In Columbus, Ohio. Hi, I'm Officer Lutz with the Columbus Division of Police. I'm your LGBTQIA plus liaison officer. And we're unveiling right now our Pride Cruiser for the month of June. Oh, it has a rainbow flag on the side and the back and a heart that says love is love. I'm excited about this cruiser. It's great for representation. It also has a slogan on the side that says, report hate crimes. Does it have anything on it that says, report drug crimes? Report violent crimes? Report car thefts? It does not. Report hate crimes. Lots of rainbow colors. Rainbow flag on the hood. Officer Lutz doing a tremendous job. And the tweet says, from at Columbus Police, happy hashtag pride, Columbus. 
Make sure to say hi to Officer Lutz when you see him out and get a photo with our Pride Cruiser. Yeah, I'll take a hard pass on that. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing at all that you're engaging with the community. But is this not something that someone around an oak table at Columbus City Hall would have said, you know, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to wonder where our priorities are if we are sinking money into outfitting a cruiser with rainbow colors and LGBTQIA+, ampersand, division sign, multiplication sign, whatever other letters are soon to be part of the alphabet mafia. Is that a wise expenditure for us here in Columbus, Ohio, where we have, as I said before, record murder totals each of the past two years? And sure seems to me like lately a preponderance of depressingly young people dying from violence in our city. And, you know, it's no, well, it's less tragic, but it's still tragic. Avante Solomon, the 15-year-old who's Briggs High School football coach, spoke glowingly of him, a young man who was also enrolled in one of Andy Ginther's silly initiatives meant to curb crime, which doesn't have nearly the impact on curbing crime that, you know, putting people in jail for crimes would actually have. It's also tragic that Avante Solomon's life is forever changed at age 15. He took a life in the heat of passion, whether he did so intending his actions to be noble for defending his girlfriend who's in the middle of a fight. Nevertheless, he didn't react in a way that will not have extreme long-term consequences for him and the people who love him. And the people, I will say, according to his football coach, that Avante Solomon could have positively impacted in his life. No, instead, our priority is we got to paint the police cruiser in rainbow flags and nonsensical slogans like love is love and report hate crimes. That's what Andrew Ginther cares about. But this is, of course, a matter that exerts great cultural pressure because even as we speak right now, right now, there is going on in Washington, D.C., a rally that if you had told me, what, 20 years ago when I worked at the Plain Dealer covering sports, would have been a thing that we would have had to have a rally where women athletes are rallying in support of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which gave scores of women, like my daughter, like my wife, like my new producer Pam, shout out Pam, the opportunity to play sports, the opportunity for girls' sports not to just be, a, oh, I guess we'll do it. Okay, well, I'll keep them quiet. No, they had to get equal treatment. They had to get teams and equipment and practice times and all those things. If you had told me back when I wrote stories and talked to women's sports advocates, Donna Lopiano, former, I think she was women's basketball coach, University of Texas, that we'd have to sometime have a rally where 
outstanding female athletes would gather to defend Title IX against biological men being allowed to play girls' sports merely because the biological men say, well, I know I'm a biological man, but I, I feel like a woman. Now, Shania Twain sold a lot of records. I feel like a woman. But that's not what she was talking about. She, you know, her song underscores the fact that there are differences between men and women. Men and women are, and we're speaking in generalities again because I'm not going to be subject to this nonsense that, well, I can present one exception, so your point is invalid. No. Generally, women are geared different emotionally. They're certainly equipped different physically, not just in their biology, but in their physical strength, muscle structure, size of bones, things like that. But right now in Washington, D.C., they're rallying to not just celebrate Title IX, but to preserve what Title IX was meant to do. And the weirdness of this and the clearest demonstration I can give you of how evil and disjointed from reality is this mindset that results in a 30-second video promoting a gay Columbus police cruiser is that these women have to fight to keep what Title IX gave them. There will be a dog and pony show tonight at the Olentangy School District School Board meeting. The Board of Education will meet to replace a board member, Mindy Patrick, who resigned from the board on June the 9th because her family is moving outside the school district. Uh, They have had no shortage of interested people applying. 27 district residents have applied and I can tell you right now, I have zero confidence that the person they select will be anything other than someone who will rubber stamp the viewpoints of the current board, which sadly had a chance to escape its current spiral into wokeism in the fall, but sadly did not do that and did not elect the two candidates who would have done a tremendous job. Instead, they elected two woke candidates, and that district is, I fear, irrevocably lost, although there are still some good people on the case. Now, I will be proven wrong if the person appointed tonight is Shilpa Saxena, because Shilpa Saxena would be the best choice. But because they know that Shilpa Saxena does not share their values— and takes a dim view of things like the gender unicorn and the gender hippopotamus showing up on elementary school coloring assignments, and that she takes a dim view of an eight-year-old biological boy at Scioto Ridge Elementary being allowed to use the girls' restroom, I'm pretty sure Shilpa Saxena will not get appointed to this seat. But there are some school districts that did elect good school board members, and one of them, even though I don't have personal knowledge of who they were, I can tell from the policy that they approved last night, adds veracity to my statement. That school district is Forest Hills School District in Anderson Township near Cincinnati, because last night, 
they banned anti-racism training and teaching in their school district. Now, this is interesting to me because the Forest Hills School District includes Anderson High School and Turpin High School. And Turpin High School has a very, very large African-American student population. Of course, the familiar refrains were sounded by those alarmists who believe the lies of opponents of preclusions against anti-racism training. One of the parents said last night, I don't want my children going to a school where they can't talk about who they are or come from their own perspective and bring their own identity. When you're when you talk to your grandparents, you ask them about their experiences and you try to understand where they're coming from. You don't just discuss the things you have in common. See, this is a familiar refrain that if anti-racism, intersectionality, critical race theory, things like this are banned from school curriculum, which they decidedly should be because they and the 1619 Project and other similarly aligned initiatives are complete and utter nonsense. America was not founded to be a racist country. Or if we were, we're really doing a lousy job living up to what the Ibram Kendis of the world say was the true idea behind the founding of America. Because if we were truly founded to be a racist country, why would we go through with the charade of electing Barack Obama twice as president? Why would we go through the charade of allowing Eric Holder and Loretta Lynch to be attorney general? You see, we certainly would not have, for instance, integrated Major League Baseball or the NBA or the NFL. We would not have any black quarterbacks or black head coaches or black superintendents or black captains of industry. If we were really founded, if our foundational reason for being as a country, we would not be the United States of America. We would be South Africa. See, there are countries like that. We're not that country. And we've never been that country. We would not have had thousands and thousands of Union soldiers die in a civil war to free the slaves. When you really think about the academic talking points of critical race theory, you don't need to think very hard to come up with myriad historical events that entirely disprove its theory. So thankfully, the Forest Hill School Board in suburban Cincinnati passed curriculum Restrictions last night that will no longer allow teaching of critical race theory, intersectionality, identity, or anti-racism curriculum for student education or any staff training. So what is not allowed anymore? Schools may not use race, socioeconomic class, religion, gender identity, sex, ethnicity, or culture as a consideration when hiring or administering academic programs, or evaluation systems. Hooray for meritocracy. Hooray for hiring the best candidate. Their new policy also says, schools, instructors, or guest speakers, none shall have students participate in class or complete assignments that require, guide, or nudge the student to consider his or her race, 
economic class, religion, gender identity, sex, sexual preference, ethnicity, or culture as a deficiency or a label to stereotype the student as having certain biases, prejudices, or unsavory moral characteristics or beliefs based upon these immutable characteristics. Wow, I got to meet these people because they have it all going on. And by all, I mean wisdom, logic, reason, and truth. There's not a lot of that in our public schools these days. If you live in the Forest Hills District, you are fortunate if you live in a district that mirrors the position taken last night by the Forest Hills School District. And there are some in central Ohio. We're working toward that with some of the gains that we have made in school board elections. But we have much more to do. And the other thing that's become very, very clear to me today is that it's not just about school boards. There are so many nuances to party politics in the state of Ohio that over decades have ingrained people who are not authentically what we would want our representatives to be about. And they have sway, they have influence, they have impact that we're not even aware of. For instance, did you ever wonder when an announcement is made that the Ohio Republican Party endorses Mike DeWine for governor, Frank LaRose for secretary of state, this person for that office, whatever. Do you ever wonder how those decisions are made or who makes them? I mean, is it just like some magic? Who is the Ohio Republican Party? Who is the person in charge of making that decision? Did you know those people are actually elected? Well, they are. They're on the state central committee. Did you know how they're elected? I bet not. So these are areas that I think are important for us to know. And over the next few days and weeks, we're going to be trying to educate myself and you on it. Because I don't want to go to the polls anymore, nor should you go to the polls anymore. Get to a race, look at it and go, I don't even know what these people do. I have no idea who they are. I have no idea who I should vote for. That's a really, really dangerous position. Let's put us in the position we're in. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.